are starting a brand new series. We're calling this series, Till the Walls Fall Down. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever felt stuck? Have you ever felt like, I just don't know that I can, right? Have you ever felt like, I don't know when this is going to end, right? Have you ever felt like whatever it is that you're facing feels like you just can't get over it? You can't break through? Well, if you've been there, and we've all been there, right, and some of us may be there right now, this series is for you. It's for me. It's for all of us. We're talking about breakthrough, breaking through walls that limit us from progress, breaking through walls that blind us from the good things that God has ahead for us, breaking through walls that seem imposing in their size, breaking through walls that restrict us and cause us to constrict deep within and, and, and keep us from breaking free and breaking into new beginnings and continued momentum. This series is based on a moment in history where the people of Israel were about to in, uh, uh, undergo a military campaign to enter into the land of promise. They had finally gotten to the space, to that place where God told them, get up because you are about to take hold of the land that I've given you. And the first stop that they had was this place called Jericho. And Jericho was a city that was impenetrable. It was a city that had very large walls. It was a city whose track record was all wins and no losses. It wasn't just that they were brave. It wasn't just that they were strong. It was that nobody could get through their walls. And in this moment, there are two types of people that we have to consider. There are the people outside the walls who were destined for breakthrough. And there were the ones that were inside the wall, and as we'll see in this series, who were actually crumbling from within. And what I want you to understand is that in this series, you're going to see that just as this battle resulted in victory, it still carries power for you and I to have breakthroughs. Go ahead and tell somebody, you're not done. Come on, tell somebody else, you're not done. Tell somebody else, you're meant for breakthrough. Tell somebody else you're ready for breakthrough. Tell somebody else I'm ready for breakthrough. Come on, you better believe it. Joshua chapter 6, starting at verse 15, recounts for us the moment where these walls came down. And I want us to consider something about this great victory that is absolutely important if we're even going to begin the process of experiencing breakthroughs. Joshua 6.15 says that the seventh day, on the seventh day that they got up at daybreak and they marched around the city seven times in the same manner, except that on that day they circled the city seven times. It goes on to say that the seventh time around when the priest shouted the, trump the trumpet blast, that was your cue, by the way, you missed it, right? When the priest sh uh, sounded the trumpet blast, Joshua commanded the army, shout. I, I don't think we're knocking down many walls like that. Yeah. That, that sounded like, uh, I, I don't know what we call that. But anyway, right? Right? Joshua commanded the army to shout. Maybe we cracked the wall. Right? <laughs> to shout, for the Lord has given you the city. 
And when the trumpet sounded, the army shouted, and the sound, and at the sound of the trumpet, when the men gave a loud shout, the wall collapsed. And so everyone charged straight in, and they took the city. We're going to stop right there. I want you to consider something about this victory. There is no denying, there is no denying that this was a great way to start a military campaign. I want you to think about it. It wasn't just a great win. It was a great way to set the tone for every other battle that they were about to face. Would you agree? I mean, their enemies must have been trembling in their boots. But you see, this victory, as undeniable as it was, because these walls came falling down, did not happen at the walls. The victory wasn't at the walls. The victory wasn't in the circling of the walls. The victory wasn't in the shout as they came around the walls that final time. The victory was found in something that you and I must keep at the very forefront of our hearts and minds on a continual basis. It's this. Joshua 6.2 tells us the key where the victory was won at these walls. It says, and the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have what? Given Jericho into your hands. I have given into your hands its king. I have given into your hands the mighty men of valor. What was God declaring to them that we oftentimes forget? That our victories and our breakthroughs only come at the hands of God. And friends, sometimes you and I make the mistake that we try to fight our own battles. We try to do this in our own strength. We try to do this in our own understanding. Yeah, we go to God, but then we pick it right back up and we try to help God along the way. And the truth is this, friends, that if we are not following after God, then guess what? We can't expect breakthroughs. We cannot. And so it's for that reason that you and I can believe for breakthrough today. Whatever you may encounter. Whatever struggle you may be facing, whatever things feel like they are collapsing all upon you, where you feel constricted, where you feel like, I don't know how to make it, I don't know what to do, whatever that thing is, today you can trust God for breakthrough because God is the one who leads the way and it is his will for you to break through. Let me show you that from scripture because I'm not here to pump you up. I want you to see who your God is today. If you don't know God, I want you to know the God that has always been making a way. And maybe it's just that you haven't been following. Listen to what Micah chapter 2 verses 12 and 13 says. This is God reminding Israel what he destined them for. He says, I will surely gather all of you. I will surely bring together the remnant of Israel. I will bring them together like sheep in a pen, like a flock in its pasture. The place will throng with people. The one who breaks open the way. The one who what? Breaks open the way will go up before them. They will break through the gate and go out. Listen to this. The king will pass, uh, the king will pass through before them. The Lord at their head and I want you to consider what the scripture is telling here what it's saying to us because in today's topic what we're going to learn is about the God of breakthroughs the God of breakthroughs oftentimes we're praying 
we're seeking God, but we're trying to make it happen, friends. And here's the thing. No matter what breakthroughs you think you may be making on your own, they're not breakthroughs. They're actually breakdowns. They're breakdowns. Let me show you what I'm talking about. The first thing that I want to propose to you today to consider, to reflect upon as the truth from God's word, and to actually begin to do something about it, is this, is that breakthroughs begin when we start focusing on what we have and we stop focusing on what we don't. You know, sometimes the reason why we get stuck is because we're so focused on what we think we don't have. We're focused on what we think we need. We're focused on what we think is the way. And we neglect what we do have. When I was a kid, I was a, uh, I, uh, I, I came up in a time where, you know, football was football. To foot, you know, we don't have football today, right? We don't have NFL football today. No, no, I don't know what to call it because it's a call for everything, right? Back in those days, it was football, right? And I remember watching a team that I came, I came to love in my younger years. I'm not a fan so much of them today, but back in those days, I was a big fan of the Chicago Bears, right? The Bears were an amazing team. Man, they had a quarterback that was, this guy was just a beast. He was cocky, but you know what? While he was cocky, he backed it up. Right? He, he backed it up all the time. And so this guy, uh, this guy's name was Jim McMahon. They had another guy there called Richard Dent, who was an amazing, amazing defensive player. I mean, this guy was unstoppable. They had William the Fridge, Perry, come on. You, I, some of you might remember that. They also had another guy who, was, who would carry this team on his legs, a guy named Walter Payton. But there was an even greater player on this team that nobody remembers. It was the guy who always made the way for Walter Payton. It was a guy named Matt Suhi. Matt Suhi was the most amazing fullback that you could ever find in the NFL. He was the one that always broke a hole open for Walter Payton to find a space to be able to run and score. And friends, what you and I may not realize is this, that we have big breakthroughs in hand. We have really big breakthroughs in hand. And what we fail to remember is that God is the one who leads the way. God is the one who's running in ahead of us. God is the one who promises that everything that we need for life and godliness has already been provided. Why? Because he went ahead of you. He's behind you. He is for you. And he is always going to see you through. But sometimes what we do is... We give up the ball. My brother, I love those hands. Now, no. <laughs> now, in first service, I threw that ball and somebody actually dropped it. Like, how could you drop a ball that big, right? You were on point, my brother. So my point with this is simply this, that you and I have the ball. Because you and I have the one who leads the way and ensures that we win. And what is this ball? It's great revelations that we have from the Word. Have you forgotten that the Word says that no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn? 
Have you forgotten that the word of God says that God is for you? So who can be against you? Have you forgotten that God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind? Have you forgotten that you've been justified by faith and that you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ? Have you forgotten that the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want? Have you forgotten that the Lord will open his good treasury to you, the heavens to give you rain on your land and to bless all the works of your hands? Have you forgotten that he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence? Have you forgotten that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world? Listen closely, my friends. We serve a God who is big. And here's what you can bank on with God. As you follow him, there's always a way, right? I'm going to tell you why. Because when he goes before you, the path is ahead of you. Yeah. So if you're looking for breakthroughs, here's what I want you to consider. That it's time to start running with everything the word of God says. But to make sure that we're doing it as we're following God. As we're following God. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 puts it this way. Let your eyes look straight ahead. Fix your gaze directly before you. Give careful thought to the paths of your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. The reason why the scripture tells us not to look to the right or to the left is because as long as God is before you, you've always got a way maker. You've always got a path on which to, to, to continue going forward. We cannot shift our gaze from the God who breaks things, breaks through for us. Amen? Amen? The second thing that I want to give you here for consideration is that unless you allow the Lord to lead your life, your hope for breakthroughs will always break down. You know, sometimes the reason why we're not Experiencing breakthroughs is because we're not even going where God is leading. We're doing our own thing. We're trying to fit God's word into our understanding. We're trying to make things work according to our desires. And you see, friends, that's a recipe for a breakdown. That's a recipe for disaster. Joshua was destined to see great breakthroughs. But there came a point where Joshua took his eyes off of the command and the commission that God had placed on his life. You see, Joshua was intended to be a leader. He was supposed to be the leader that would take, uh, take on the leadership of the people of Israel after Moses died. But instead of leading the way, Joshua chapter 1 actually reveals to us where his sight was. Listen to what it says. In Joshua chapter 1 verse 2 it says, Moses, my servant, is what? Dead. Dead. He's dead. Now, therefore, arise. You know what that tells us? His sight was headed in the wrong direction. He was facing things the wrong way. Joshua was busy lamenting. He was busy mourning. He was busy crying. He was probably asking some of the same questions that you and I would ask. Who, me? And so Joshua is down He's out, he's focused on the wrong things, and God says to him, get up. 
Go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. And what's interesting is that when God tells him, get up and get going, he sends him to a place of impossibility. Let me tell you why I say that. Because the River Jordan was during the harvest season, and this time was during the harvest season, which means that the River Jordan was overflowing. The waters were rough. The current was too strong. You had no business stepping into the Jordan River. And yet God says to him, get up off your face and get back to doing what I've called you to. It may seem impossible. It may feel rough. It may be hard. But I've built you for hard. I've made you for greatness. I've called you to do things along with me as I lead you and guide you. And so Joshua was destined to see great breakthroughs. But Joshua was having a meltdown. Joshua was lamenting. He wasn't moving because he was allowing himself to be led by his feelings. Can I tell you something about feelings? Feelings are terrible leaders. Feelings are terrible leaders. Because feelings are fickle. Feelings fluctuate. Feelings fail. But there's one thing that does not fail. It's confidence, it's faithfulness to the word of God. And the only way to experience God-ordained breakthrough moments is to break away from the place of our complaints, to break away from the place of our excuses, to break away from those things that keep us from uh, continuing in momentum, to break away from feelings, and, and certainly to break away from anything that keeps us from the command that God has given us. Let me ask you a question. What is the word of God instructing you to do now in your life? And more importantly, are you doing it? Because, friends, if you're not, you're not going to break through walls. You're actually building them. You're actually building them. You're surrounding yourself. You're becoming your worst enemy. The devil, he, he's not even doing anything. You're doing it for him. But God did not create us to live within walls. I remember years ago when Pastor Annette fell in love with me and we got married. I fell in love with her too, right? But when Pastor Annette, um, when, when, when we got married, right, we got married and uh, you got to understand that my wife is a woman of, I, I admire her faith. I really do, right? I swear the Holy Spirit sounds like Pastor Annette. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so I, I come into this marriage, and, and, you know, we're both serving the Lord at this point. And, uh, you know, it was small beginnings. The Bible says that we should not despise the day of small beginnings because uh, the Lord rejoices in it. The problem was that there wasn't much joy for me. And it, was, it had nothing to do with her. It had nothing to do with our kids. It had nothing to do with everything that was going on. It had everything to do with the fact that I was relying upon my history and my experience instead of what God had for us. Let me tell you what I mean. When we, when we, our, our very first place was in 194th Street and Marion Avenue. Listen, you know it's the, it's the hood when the mice welcome you to the apartment. Right, like they don't even run. Like you, you walk in, right, turn on the lights, and the roaches go, hey, how you doing? They don't even freeze, right? They're just, they just keep doing what they're doing. They keep nibbling, right? And so to me, that was 
we had arrived. We had a place, right? Like, I thought, man, we're good. But what limited my understanding and my ability to even think that God could do more, that God had more for us than what I thought was normal, was based upon my upbringing. You see, I grew up in a home, God bless my mom, man. She did her very best to raise six of us, right? But we grew up in a home where we didn't go to a, a Foot Locker to go get shoes. We went to Favor. Some of you don't even remember that. And, and I didn't say Favor. I said Favor. Yeah. yeah. Some of you might remember Tom McCann, right? Like, like that's where we went. Like, like, Christmas came for everyone else. They didn't come for us. Right? Listen, when you're a kid and you get underwear for Christmas, yeah, that, 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 times were hard on the boulevard, man. Right? But my mom, God bless her, she did her very best. But growing up, I had this mentality that I developed over the years that it was like, it's good, but it's just not going to be good for me. And so we were living in Marion Avenue in the Bronx, and my wife began to pray and to dream. She says, "Hun, it's time for us to move. And I said, squeak, 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 right? I was agreeing with the mice. We ain't got to go nowhere. We can stay right here. We're good, right? There's plenty of crumbs for us, right? That's, that was my mentality. And my wife, God bless her heart, man, she was so faithful. She would cry, and she, you know, she, 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 would, she would tell me, no, we can do this. God is for us. And then one day, God got a hold of my heart, and we found a three-bedroom apartment in Classes Point further down by the sound of the area, by the water. And so when we got there, I said something that came out of my mouth that I know was the Lord, but I didn't believe it myself. The words that came out of my mouth when we got the keys was, from here we go to a house. And my wife was like, yes! And inside I'm going, squeak, 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 squeak. Like, I just couldn't believe it, right? And so God bless her heart. You know, my wife, you know, a couple of years into it, she says, you know, hon, it's time for us to move on. It's time for us to, to, to try and buy a house. And I was like, squeak, squeak, squeak. No. What are you talking about, a house? We're good. We got a view of the water. We're doing just fine. Right? But eventually, God opened my heart. And I remember we bought this home in New Windsor. And I had this moment that year. We moved in January 24th of that year when we moved up. February 27th was my birthday, and I had a God moment that reminded me about the faithfulness of God, reminded me about how God has always brought breakthroughs through my life, and he can do the same for you. You see, I w it was my birthday. I had just turned 30 years old, and we're pulling into our driveway, right? We open the garage. We're pulling into the driveway, and as I'm pulling in, I remember a moment that I had when I was 17 years old, and at the age of 17, I remember... I was, it was a really bad time in my life. I was on my own. I had left home already. I was making a lot of mistakes. Things were just really, really bad. And I remember sitting outside. It was like 3, 4 in the morning or something. It was dark. And, and I had this moment with God. I wasn't even going to church at that time. Like, I was just into some really bad stuff. And I remember saying to God, I said, God, one day, by the age of 30, I want to have a wife. I want to have kids. I want to own a car. I want to have a dog. Like, literally, this was my conversation with God. And then right there in that moment, the enemy just got at me. And I remember telling myself something that I grew to believe 
from my teenage years. I said, oh, don't be dumb. You'll be dead by 20. I believed that with all my heart. I was preparing for that. I was okay with that as a teenager. So here, here we are pulling in to our house. I'm 30 years old. And in that moment, I, remember, I saw myself as a 17-year-old doubting that God could create a breakthrough for me. And in that moment, I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, look at what I have done for you. You got the wife. She's fine, too. You got the kids. The dog is barking. You got a house. And you're driving a car. Don't tell me that we don't serve a God of great breakthroughs. If God can do it for me, friend, God will certainly do it for you. He really will. The last point I want to leave you with here is that instead of trying to trust God for breakthroughs, trust God before you try. Let's leave that point up for a moment. You know, when it comes to trusting God, where most of us have gotten stuck or maybe are stuck is in this area of I'm trying to trust God. I'm trying to believe that things can change for me. I'm trying to discover what the, what the Bible says. I'm really trying to be faithful to God. I'm trying to see these promises of God. I'm really trying. And the problem with trying is that if you're trying to trust God, you're not trusting him. Hear what I'm saying. God isn't asking us to try to trust him. God is asking us to trust him instead of trying. I remember a moment in the scriptures. Joshua and the people of Israel are doing what appears to be ludicrous. Get this for a plan for a breakthrough. I want you to envision whatever the walls are that you're facing. It can be your marriage. It can be a business, uh, your, your business, you're struggling. It can be your finances. It can be problems in the neighborhood that you live in. It can be your family history. It can be addiction. It can be emotional challenges, whatever it is. And I want you to envision yourself going to God and then God says to you, here's the plan. Go walk in circles around it. It makes absolutely no sense. Go walk around that in circles for seven days. And on the seventh day, walk around seven times around it. And while you're doing it, don't say a word. Don't worship. Don't quote scripture. Don't do anything that you think you're supposed to do. Just do what I'm telling you to. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds absolutely ridiculous. But you see, friends, the way God works is by calling us to do what seems ludicrous in the eyes of the world. But it is the wisdom of God. See, God doesn't work the way we think. God doesn't bring breakthroughs the way we want. Sometimes what we think is a breakthrough is actually a breakdown. And that's the reason why it's not happening. Because God is trying to show you and I a different direction. Could it be that if you're stuck, could it be that if you feel like the people that were within those walls trapped, could it be that maybe, just maybe, the reason why things aren't changing 
is because you haven't changed the direction you're going in. You see, not only did God tell them to walk around this city in circles, God tells them it, it was, there was something even more ludicrous than that. We just heard about it in the beginning. God tells the people of Israel, get up, Joshua, get up off your face, rally the people, and put the priests in front of the armies and the people, and here's what I'm instructing you to do. Step into the Jordan River. Makes absolutely no sense at all. But here's, here's what we fail to realize sometimes when God is calling us to experience breakthroughs. He's calling us to take a step into waters, into places that sometimes may feel rough. Listen, it's not all peaches and creams, friend. It requires us taking a step where we actually trust that God knows what he's doing. And so the Bible says that when the priest stepped into the Jordan River, that the Jordan River split. And it made a path for them that took things out of their control. See, that's the issue that we create when we're not trusting God. That's the issue at hand when we're not seeing breakthroughs. We're still trying to control the results. We're still trying to control the process. And friends, I've got good news for you. I've got real good news for you. Trust is a process. It's a process. It's a process that is ordained by God. The Bible says that there was a guy named Peter who was on a boat with, his disciples, with the disciples one day. And as they're in the boat, Jesus had left before and said, I'll meet you on the other side. And so they're on the way to the other side. And all of a sudden, a storm breaks out. It gets rocky, right? Like the winds are blowing, right? That's not necessarily a storm, but it's just not the, the, the ideal uh, 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 circumstances in the midst of this boat. And as they're in this boat, they begin to freak out. Because you see, there's somebody who was walking on the water. This makes no sense. Which proves our point. God makes no sense in the natural. And so Jesus is walking on the water and these guys begin to cry out, Oh my God, it's a ghost! We're all done for! And Peter steps out of the crowd, gets off of his face, and he says, Lord, if it is you, command that I come. The Bible says that Jesus said one word, Come. And Jesus says to him, come. And Peter steps out of the boat. And he steps on water. He doesn't step into water. He steps on water. And he begins to take steps and walk to Jesus. And it might appear that that's the breakthrough moment. But the Bible tells us that all of a sudden, Peter becomes more concerned with the wind and the waves. He sees something that he can't even see. He's concerned with the wind. He's concerned with the waves. He takes his eyes off of Jesus, and he begins to sink. But you see, Peter knew something that you and I oftentimes forget. When God calls us to take a step out, the guarantee isn't that it's always going to work the way we want it to. The guarantee is that I've got you every step of the way. The Bible says that Peter begins to sink. And Peter was wise enough 
to say, Lord, save me. Here's what I love. Here's the breakthrough moment. Here's the breakthrough moment. Because the breakthrough moment wasn't when Peter was walking on the water. The breakthrough moment wasn't when Peter was sinking and Jesus, uh, and he cries out for Jesus. The breakthrough moment was when the Bible says in Matthew 14 that Jesus extends his hand and he lifts him up. I used to think that Jesus carried Peter as they walked on the water. Actually, what the scripture indicates is that Jesus gave him his hand and he helped him up. But then they walked on the water together. You see, friend, sometimes you might feel like there's no breakthrough for you. But you see, the breakthrough doesn't happen in the spectacular that we think. The breakthrough is when we trust. When we trust. Stop trying and start trusting. Thank you, my brother. God bless you. It's for that reason the Proverbs... 3 verses 5 and 6 says this. Read this with me. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him and he will make your paths straight. Let's leave that portion of scripture up right there, verse 6. I want you to consider what the scripture is telling us about trust. Trust is a process by which we arrive at breakthroughs because it's how the path becomes straight. Hear where I'm coming from with this. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your understanding. Don't factor your rationale into this. It says, in all your ways, in all things, in all the walls that stand tall before you, trust him. And, it's, and here's a promise. And as you trust him, he makes the way straight. Here's what the scripture is not saying. It is not saying that we won't have curves along the way. It doesn't say that we won't have highs and we won't have lows. See, life is like a road full of curves, full of highs, full of lows. Things that restrict us from being able to see. But what the scripture asserts to you and I is that when we trust the Lord, when we follow after the Lord... Even with the curves, even with the highs, even with the lows, even with the unexpected, even with the limited ability to see ahead, as you follow God, the path appears straight. Why? Because the one who's leading you gives you enough vision to continue to keep going. Friend, it's time to trust God. It's time to stop trying and start trusting because as we put our trust in the Lord, here's what we begin to see. We begin to see breakthroughs. Now remember, I tell you, trust is a process. And it reminds me of a, an analogy that I, I'm sure I've shared here at some point throughout the years. Of a little boy who was playing outdoors. And one day, he finds a caterpillar. Right? And when he finds this caterpillar, he carefully picks it up. And he takes it home to show his mother. And he asks his mother if, she, if he could keep it. And she said, you can keep it. And so this little boy, he gets a jar, a large jar from his mom. And he puts a plant in it. He puts a stick on it to climb. And he puts it in the jar. And every day he watches this caterpillar. And he would bring it new plants to eat. 
And then one day the caterpillar climbed up the stick and it started acting strangely. So the boy worriedly calls out to his mother who came and understood that the caterpillar was creating a cocoon. And the mother explained to the boy how caterpillars, how caterpillars went through this process called metamorphosis, where they would eventually become a butterfly. They would become something entirely new. They would, they would, they would glean an ability to be able to fly and do more than their grounded state. And so the little boy was thrilled to hear of the changes that his caterpillar would go through. And so he watched every day, and he waited for the butterfly to emerge. And one day it happened. A small little hole appears in the cocoon, and the butterfly starts to struggle to come out. And the boy, unbeknownst to him, didn't understand what the process was. He thought that the, but that the butterfly would never emerge he thought that it was stuck and so he decided to help and he grabs some scissors and he he proceeds to snip the cocoon to make a hole just large enough for the butterfly to quickly emerge and so as the butterfly came out the boy was surprised because its body was swollen but its, its wings were small and shriveled. And he continued to watch the butterfly, expecting that at any moment the wings would, try, would, would, would dry out and they would enlarge and expand to support the swollen body. But over time, he came to realize that what he thought was, what he thought was help for the butterfly was actually hurting its process. That butterfly never developed the ability to fly. Why do I share that with you, friends, as we stand and we close today? The reason why I share that with you is because trust is a process that you and I cannot circumvent. It is unwise for you and I to take things into our own hands when it comes to the breakthroughs that we need. In fact, we must defer to the Lord. We must rely completely on the Lord because when we trust the Lord, the process works. And friends, we develop and we grow and we mature to be able to step into the breakthroughs that God has for us and experience the next levels of growth that he has for us. Come on and give God some praise if you believe that today. I am telling you today that you serve a God of breakthroughs. I am telling you today that God is already leading the way, but you and I must trust him in the process. We must continue to follow after him. What does that mean? Do it his way. What does the word tell you, husband, in your struggle to, to raise your boys? What does the word tell you? in regards to how you're to deal with difficulties in your business? What does the scripture tell you about that person who's wronged you and stabbed you in the back? What does the word tell you about who you are in the eyes of God and what that means for how you present yourself in this world? What does the word tell you about what you believe and how you respond to this world? You see, friends, it's all in the scriptures. And if we would just do it God's way, as he leads the way, we'll always find a way. Amen? I believe that you're on the verge of breakthroughs. I believe that those walls that stand tall are about to fall for some of you in this house today. If you would just put your trust in the Lord, if you would just seek after God, if you would just do things his way, not only will you win in life, friends, 
you'll overcome and you'll grow strong. Hey everybody, thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.